Hello, sisters. As you know, we have been going through the book of Philippians, which is often called the epistle of joy. But yet joy is a free gift from the Lord. And Paul tells us to count it all joy when we go through various trials. So why is our joy being robbed? In this three-part series, I'm going to give you nine reasons why your joy might be being robbed. I pray this series blesses you. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Hello, sisters. Okay, part three, our final series of the three-part series of the nine things that rob your joy. We often mistake joy with happiness, but happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. One day you can be happy because your circumstances are great. And the next day, next moment, not so happy because your circumstances have changed. Happiness is like a roller coaster up and down based on circumstance. So I've used this analogy before. You're at an amusement park, you're having a great time and you're happy, right? You're enjoying the ride. You're enjoying the entertainment. You're having a great time. Then all of a sudden a huge storm comes in and just, just starts raining on everything. All the rides shut down. Well, now you're not so happy because the rain has just ruined the day. Um, that is an emotion that is that can be fickle and go anywhere. But joy, joy is a supernatural gift from God that gives us the ability to rejoice, to praise, to sing praise, and to have this joy even in hard circumstances. And so that is the difference. It's not based on emotion. It's not, it does not based on circumstance. Joy is a free supernatural gift from God. It's just like peace where we can have this supernatural peace beyond our own understanding. Even when everything is falling apart and chaos is all around us, 
we have peace in the storm. And it's truly supernatural. It only comes from God above. It's only for the born again believer because it is truly a supernatural gift. What are the last three things that um, rob us of our joy or try to rob us of our joy? Because it can't be robbed unless you give it away. You know, if, if it's being taken from you, it's being thieved from you, you are willingly giving it away. Now, the, there are circumstances that try to take those things, but you have to hand it over because it's your gift. It's your gift. And are you willing and are you just giving it away? So number one is false conversion or not truly being born again, but you think you are. This really speaks home to me because this is my testimony where I was in church and I was doing all the religious things. And I thought that I was truly saved and here to find out I wasn't, which makes sense because I never could find joy. I never could find peace. I was always searching for it, but my emotions, my life was based on circumstances, on how I felt that day, on, you know, what was going on in my life. So my emotions ruled me. My circumstances ruled me. And I could not find joy and happiness no matter what I did. And I thought that I had had the Lord, but I wanted my cake and eat it too. I didn't really want to give up the things of this world. I did not want to come out from among the world and be separate. I wanted to live my life and have Jesus too, because I didn't really, honestly, I just didn't want to go to hell. You know, I was heard about the doctrine of hell and, and, and it, it scared me. It scared me half to death. And it's like, last thing I want to do is go to hell. And then when I was so sick, which I talk about my testimony where I thought I was dying every day. So if you think you're dying every day and you could end up in hell, then you're going to say whatever prayer or baptism or go to do whatever they tell you to do um, just to make yourself feel better. But the truth is I didn't have the fruit of salvation. I didn't have joy and peace. I didn't have um, a desire for holiness and to live separated from this world and to really devote my life to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to serve and to love my brothers and sisters. I struggled to love and, and I struggled to really live out the, 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 the love that God talks about, to love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's everything about me will be love of God. And then to love my neighbor as myself was just very, very difficult for me. And so I, um, did not have that supernatural joy for a very long time because I wasn't truly born again. This is a hard thing to talk about because as Christians, we want to believe that we're saved because our hearts are deceitfully wicked. And we just don't want to admit that maybe just maybe we haven't had a true born again experience. Maybe we haven't truly heard the right gospel, or maybe we have been following a different Jesus than the Jesus of scripture. There are so many false gospels out there now, so many false teachers and false prophets that we don't, we don't, a lot of times we don't even realize we're following false teachers and prophets. And we we're believing about a Jesus that's not even the Jesus of scripture. And that was where I had found myself. And you got to remember in James, it says, even demons believe. It says, you believe you do well, even demons believe and tremble. Demons believe, but they're not born again. So there is a true reality that we really have to check our hearts. You know, John, we need to take the test of first John, read the God, read the book of first John and really ask yourself, is this my life? Do I walk in righteousness? Do I walk in holiness? Do I love God? Do I love the brother? Do I love my brothers, sisters in Christ? Would I do anything for them? Am I really committed to them? 
Um, there's just things that we can take these tests. You know, Paul tells us to examine ourselves and make sure that our election is true. You know, we are told to test ourselves all the time to just really make sure, like, if you're truly in the faith, you know, because we will walk in, you know, the, the fruit of Galatians 5. 22, we will walk. We will not walk in darkness. If if you're walking in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, which is the which is the evidence that you're not truly born again, then there you got to repent and ask God to save you. And that's what I had to do. And when I finally did find the Jesus of scripture and became born again, that joy was afforded to me. Now, I gave it up a lot easy uh, gave it up eat more easily back then is when I became born again and I had to walk this sanctification road out as I have matured in my faith and I'm mature in the word, obviously I am not going to give up my joy. So I have been able to, um, grow in that. But if you want to read my whole testimony, I have, I wrote an entire book about my experiences inside the church and, um, being a false convert and following false teachers and how all that came about. My book is actually on Amazon. It's called Be the Church, Going Beyond the Pews. And if you go to the website, it's on the website. You can click there. But it, it just really gives my testimony. And all right, number two, life without prayer. Listen, if you're and I if you don't have a prayer life, if you're not talking to the Lord, if you're not communing with him, if you're not praying to him then you're going to not have a lot of joy because prayer is our communication with the father. We have this great privilege that's been afforded to us by, by Christ that because of his indwelling spirit, because he has justified us before God, because we are sanctified and made holy positionally, we can go to the throne room of grace and talk to and commune with our father day and night. There is nothing hindering us from doing that. And so we take that for granted, but this is how God has designed it for us to have a communication with him through prayer to make our requests known and to believe him when we're praying. Believe that what we're praying for, he's going to answer with yes and amen. Or he may say no, you know, or he may tell us to wait, but we have faith that he is hearing our prayers, that he is listening, that he's a good father that really cares about what we're praying about. Again, but we understand that he is in control and he is sovereign and we respect that and we honor that. But it keeps our mind focused on him and not the problem. When we are praying, when we are communing with him, we're not thinking about all these earthly things or we're not, our mind's not completely focused. And when we praying about some of these things, you know, father, I'm going through this or this is happening, but I give, I commit this to you. There's this beautiful supernatural thing that happens that when you just focus on the Lord and you're praying and you're communing and you're making your requests known, even though you might be making some of the problems known, it's still taking uh, the focus off the problem itself and it's handing it to the father. And then there's this faith that the father is going to handle it, that you've prayed about it and it's in his hands. It's in that golden bowl that revelation talks about uh, the prayers of the saints and God and Jesus is mediating and it's all being handled. We may not be seeing the handling of it right away. It may not go the way we want it to go, but it's going to go the perfect way it needs to go. Because remember, we trust in God's sovereignty, which is what we talked about last time. And so keep our minds focused on Christ. Let's not neglect prayer. And 
I love that we can, like Paul says, pray without ceasing. I can talk to God all day long, every day while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm, you know, doing laundry, while I'm driving. I don't turn the radio on in my car. I pray to God while I'm driving. It's a great time for me to just lift up the saints in prayer, lift up needs, lift up our country, um, and just to completely be focused on driving and focused on communing with my father. I absolutely love using that time to pray. You can go into your secret place. You can go into your war room or your what your office or wherever you have and just pray. You can go take a walk in the woods and pray. Or like I said, you can pray while you're doing dishes. You can pray while you're mopping your floors. We can, there's nothing stopping us from prayer. And we can pray at all times. And when we neglect prayer, you will find that you will rob you of your joy. And the last one, the final one, which I think is so important. And so it's last, but it is not least, is when we neglect the word of God. Saints, I cannot express this enough. The value of reading the word, not just reading it like, um, okay, great. I got three chapters done today, but meditating on it to really take what you're reading and think about it, pray into it. Let it comfort you. Let it teach you. Let it convict you. Let it remind you of what God has done for, for, for the saints of old as we're reading the different stories and different characters, the different people and what they went through. And I don't mean characters as if they're not real. These are real people, real stories, real situations, Old Testament, and New Testament, all, you know, is real life events about people. And so we can look at their lives and we can reflect on what God has done for them and that he is no respecter of man and that he uh, could possibly do it for us as well if it so be in his will. But to just pray into it when you're reading, see, how does this apply to me in my life today? Can it apply to me? Don't twist scripture and take it out of context and make it apply to you if it doesn't, you know, but just, you know, what can I learn from this? How can I grow in this? How can I glean from this particular, um, you know, passage or, or context of what I'm reading and then pray into it. That's what I do. I love praying the word. So all I'll do is in the morning, I will study the word and then I will pray into what I had just read and what I had just studied that helps it get really deep in me because I'm praying it back to the father. And I'll do an episode on that, exactly how I do that, because it's it's really a, a beautiful way to study uh, the word. And you don't and you can take as long or as, you don't have to study, you know, for hours to do that. You can study for 10 minutes. You can study for an hour, whatever you have for that day. But don't neglect the word. The Bible was given to us by God, preserved by God for us. It is God breathed. It is him talking back to us. That is how he speaks to his children. He teaches us. He exhorts us, he convicts us, you know, and it also protects us. The, the more you know the word, the more you know the depth of the word, the more you understand who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is in the word, the more you are going to not have to be so worried about false teachers because they abound and they come in and they're slick. I mean, they are smooth talkers, just like Jude warned us. They are smooth talking people. Peter warned us of them too. I mean, we are warned all through the scriptures of false teachers and false prophets, but these people are really good at twisting the word of God and making it say something it doesn't say and apply in a way that it's not supposed to apply. And, and so we have to know the word so that we can discern, we can discern what moral agent people are operating in. We can discern truth from error. 
We are to be good Bereans and know the word of God for ourselves. And so you, this brings you great protection. I feel so much more secure in my walk now because I study the word. I've studied the word, you know, for over 15 years, deeply studied the word for, over, like I said, over 15 years. And plus the time that I studied when I was a false convert, but that was more, that was more surface and topical, but I didn't lose all that knowledge. But now I'm able to really um, know the word on a deeper level. So when these false teachings and these false teachers come up, I know right away, like, oh, that is not correct. That is false. That is you. That is twisting of scripture that I know I, I study movements. I study where, um, you know, certain teacher teachings came from when they started, how, you know, how they took root, you know, those kind of things. So I study, you know, church history and apologetics because not because I want all this head knowledge so I can puff up it's because it brings such great safety to me and to those who I am also discipling and teaching because when they bring me these things I can help them from falling into the same pits that I fell into um in, in following these false teachings and false teachers remember Jesus warned us that the deception is going to be so great at the end days that even the elect even the saints will be deceived if it were possible that's how much it that's how it's, it's really, really, um, scary out there. And there's things that I hear and see, and it's like, Whoa, you know what I mean? But it's like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I've been studying the word because if I had not been studying the word, the way that I have been, I would probably be following, falling, falling for a lot of these modern movements. And so I praise God that he took me out when he did and has allowed me to be where I am today. And I desperately want to help others not fall into those pits. It is my life's passion and mission to disciple uh, other women, to disciple them in the word, so they know the word for themselves and to help them navigate in, in these, in this muddy, this muddiness we call Christianity um, in the West. It's, it's very muddy. It's, it's, it's truly um, become uh, a very dangerous playground because there's just so many, so much wheat and tares, so many wolves and sheep's clothing. Now there's goats and sheep all together. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's become, it's become a mess. And so that is my desire because I want you to have joy. I want you to have peace. I don't want you to be deceived. I want you to have freedom in the word of God. I want your life be transformed by the word, the way that my life has been transformed. Although the chains that have fell off. And, and I, I say this to you all the time. It's not a microwave faith. It's not going to happen overnight. It is truly a crock pot and it takes a lifetime really, but it is a slow marinating in the word of God, good discipleship, you know, faithfulness to the word, faithfulness to the, to the local body of Christ, faithfulness to service and just you'll fall so in love with Jesus. You'll fall in love with his word. And as the word just marinates over you and his spirit just marinates over you, you will be transformed over time. That's exactly what happened to me. And I never thought that I would be here where I am today, where I was, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, I was such a mess and to be where I am today. And it has been a process, but I'm so grateful. And I attribute it to the word of God, to the study of the word of God by his spirit. I mean, cause you can study the word and not have the Holy spirit. And it's just not going to even make sense to you. Um, the natural man can't discern the things of the supernatural. So, I mean, there's professors out there that probably know the, know, know that have the knowledge of the Bible better than I do. Satan knows the word better than I do, but because I have the Holy spirit, 
I can discern truth from error. And it's a supernatural marination within me. My life has been transformed. I have the joy of the Lord. I can count it all joy. I have a prayer life. I do not neglect my word. I am no longer a false convert. Thank you, Jesus. I cannot believe he pulled me out of that. I could have died in my sins and been justified uh, to live eternally in hell. Saying, Lord, Lord, the whole way there. Oh, my goodness. Um, if you get a chance, read my full testimony um, and, and be the church going beyond the pews. It... Um, my life was completely, completely transformed. And so I thank you guys for listening. If you need me, I'm here, contact me. Um, we have a sisterhood in Facebook, feel free, uh, to come and check that out. And, um, yeah, I just, I just love you guys. I love Jesus and I love his word and I love you. So God bless you. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.